when we last met, we were talking about how the evil overlords and emperors were planning to make the poor suffer more. In order to keep the poor from revolting, they used a propaganda machine. They applauded first responders as if they were doing a selfless job. But in reality, mostly the black and brown people were in poor economic straits and were compelled with houselessness or death. The leaders gave a weak rent absolution to keep some of the unhoused at bay. They also used them as agents to fight for poor unhoused people and poor people so they, they won't rebel too loudly. They also hid from their subjects too. So here we are at the top of the month where May 1st rent is due. People are scared, angry, and restless. But out of this uncertainty, heroes emerge and we will hear their stories and how all of this ties together. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy on the House. This is Sunday, as you can hear the cars honking. This is the second phase of Hotel Not Hospital. So I'm going to have Albert Corrado give us a little insight on what's going on. What's going on? Well, this is, uh, I'd say, probably the third or fourth time we've hit Garcetti's house. And uh, each time, you know, we, we thought he was going to actually do something worthwhile and maybe try to build some goodwill amongst the people. Uh, it'd be very easy to do right now to build some goodwill, you know, by doing even anything slightly right. Because, you know, obviously we're going through the COVID crisis and he hasn't done anything. And he has the power to commandeer all the hotel rooms in the city because right now tourism is not, tourism is not a thing. And, uh, you know, obviously we know he's a part owner of a uh, hotel as well, but he went on Twitter and, and, you know, pleaded with hotel owners to open it up when he has the power to actually force them to do it. Why do you think he's pleading with them? It's all a tactic, isn't it? I mean, then that way he, you know, it removes some culpability from him because most people don't know that he has the power to do that. So he, it looks like he tried to do the right thing, and now he gets to pass the buck on to, um, you know, to, to the hotel. But didn't he say that he was going to command their hotels already? I mean, you know, they, they, there's uh, there's rumors. There's uh, I think Newsom, what he got like eleven thousand or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, there's there's sixty thousand in Los Angeles alone, and that's the conservative estimate. So even if you do one thousand. 2000 some people say it's a step in the right direction that doesn't work we're living in a time where homelessness is not just the problem it's exacerbated by this very dangerous thing and as we know the the covid-19 was introduced to the unhoused community by housed people right and it, it was all from people who went to travel who did things unhoused people do not have the means to do that and so now there's this weird thing going that like oh uh, homeless people are spreading coronavirus and it's just not the case it's not the case at all excellent point more uh, people house have the coronavirus than on the house that, uh, is there anything else you want to add I just, you know, if, if you're pissed like we are, come join us. We're called the People City Council. Look us up. We're on Twitter. We, we post stuff a lot. And we're going to try to make this a weekly happening until things get solved. And we're going to hit Garcetti and we're going to hit every single city council member, all 15 of them, because they're all culpable just as much as Garcetti. Thank you. This is Theo Henderson from Whittier House. And here you have it here. We're live at the, at the heart of the protest. Hotels, not hospitals. 
This is CEO Henderson from Weedian House. I'm here in the studios, right, live and at five, I should say, <laughs> in the heart of Mayor Eric Garcetti's home. Yeah, love the podcast. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Someone just thanked me for my podcast. Thank you. So I'm going to give a few observations from two uh, dynamic people from the No Olympics. And we have street watchers. Yeah, right. Let's see what you got, Joanna. What you got here? So we're here in front of Mayor Garcetti's house as he delivers his state of the city address. Uh, we're masked up. Most uh, participants are in their cars, participating in it through car protests, as you can hear. Um, my car overheats recently, so we're on foot. But we're seeing some really beautiful signs, obviously a pretty heavy police presence to protect that property and the mayor, but a lot of media too, a lot of public support. Um, a lot of cries of end capitalism. Mm -hmm. We're out here demanding a cancellation of rent, a seizure of evictions, and a, an opening up of hotel rooms across the city. There's actually 97,000 hotel rooms in LA County, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of those are sitting vacant as people lose their jobs. So we're out here demanding that those get opened up for all the unhoused neighbors out there. Oh, cool. You, <laughs> I, do, I see a link between people that are in house that are on their way maybe out on the street and people okay. on the street. Do Am I, am I incorrect? with that? You're absolutely on the ball and I think a lot of our work within Streetwatch has been kind of dissolving that binary between housing and unhoused and highlighting how the system we live under actually forces working class people out of their homes most of the time. So as we're destroying the stigmas that we often hear about homeless people um, and unhoused populations, we're also reminding people that any of us as tenants could easily become unhoused ourselves. We're definitely one paycheck away since paychecks have stopped coming in for a lot of folks, we're demanding the rent be stopped too. Hey Theo, it's David. Uh, we've interviewed before, so tell me uh, what's your your take on this. I think this is great. You know, they call it the People's City Council because our actual city council can't get anything done in the way of protecting tenants, our neighbors who live outside, the people who are most vulnerable during this crisis, who aren't getting a paycheck right now, or who don't have the luxury to work from home. It's obviously a majority of us, and we got people crowd the streets here because if they can't do anything in the actual city council, then the people's city council is going to have their say too. Even after 12-hour sessions, they can't do the things that people are demanding here. That's what we're out here for. Thank you very much, David. You hit the nail on the head. Let me mingle around and see if I can get some other takes, but thank you very much, guys. So, okay, let's start it from the top. This is Theo Henderson from Weedian House. Tell me what's going on. So we're here at Mayor Garcetti's home to demand no three things. No rent, no eviction, and no vacancy. Uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. 60,000 people unhoused in Los Angeles, exposed to a pandemic. And there are tens of thousands of empty hotels across L.A. In downtown, the city gave developers about $1 billion in subsidies to complete their projects. And yet they sit vacant. Mayor Garcetti collects a six-digit salary, but people who aren't working are unable to pay rent. And so they have to make a choice between paying rent or paying food. So we need rent forgiveness for April. Rent forgiveness for May. As long as these, for as long as these stay-at-home orders are happening, that's what we need. We need rent forgiveness. So, how do you think Mayor Garcetti is uh, handling the response? Total failure. Uh, total. I mean, they've done half measures that should have, before the pandemic, would have been great, you know. But now, in a pandemic, they're, they're, they're not. They're not meeting the challenge. I would love Garcetti and all the city council members to not ex to not take a paycheck 
to understand what it's like for the average Angelino who has to make that choice between food and rent. Because that's the choice people have to make. People aren't paying rent because they're lazy. People aren't paying rent because they don't want to. They're paying rent because they're not working. There's no income. And who's gonna, you know, a $1,200 stimulus check? I mean, come on. So people are making that choice. I would love to see some leadership from Garcetti. Stop collecting a paycheck. Also, the city council, Mitchell Farrell, stop collecting a paycheck. And, you know, keep it that way until you actually make some progress for real tenants. Uh, I noticed that there's a police presence, a lot of police presence. What's going on? I've heard them citing people for beeping. Yeah, they are citing people for excessive honking, whatever that means. People are just exercising their First Amendment rights. And uh, we had a couple of members who were detained, handcuffed for, uh, again, uh, being on a bullhorn and expressing their uh, their First Amendment right to free speech. That's unbelievable. And they're stating that you have to keep moving uh, or they're going to cite and arrest you. Or Is that true? Yes, that's right. You have to keep moving or they will cite you. They will handcuff you and cite you. So this is this is this is America now. Uh, so wake up, folks. Uh, it's time to smash the system. It's not working. And it took a pandemic to wake a lot of people up. I, I agree completely. As an unhoused member myself, mm-hmm. uh, this has been the kind of message I've been saying for 20 or 30 years by now, yeah. saying the same thing. This is not going to work, but now we're here. And a lot of people are who had maybe figure-wagged at a lot of the unhoused community are now seeing mm-hmm. that it doesn't take personal choice. You're not a loser or a person that has bad decisions. Right. A pandemic has wiped us all into the same boat. Exactly. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> This is a pandemic that's affecting everybody, except maybe the 1%. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this is affecting everybody. And I think this is the right political moment to really analyze what is going on. Is this really, does this system really work? I know uh, there are a bunch, there are millions of Angelinos who pay 65% of their income in rent. Now, think about that. They're, most of their income goes to rent. I mean, it, it just does not make any sense to not regulate that. That's very true. Trinidad from LA Tennis Union. Thank you for taking me uh, through this, and I'm going to follow along and mill around and see what else I can find out. Thank you very much. Thank you. What the hell? What, what's going well, on? Three cars getting pulled over for getting uh, for beeping. They're getting beeping tickets. I never heard of it. This this guy, this guy. I didn't even hear him beep while he was driving, and he got pulled over. What? I, he, I think he was calling his son. He was picking his son up. Right, and He right. got pulled over for beeping. But he, he I, wasn't... I saw his car, and he didn't fucking beep. Why are they breaking it up uh, uh, legally? Why yeah. are they doing it illegally? Yeah, they're breaking up. I, I'm, I'm just saying that they're pulling over random people. You can't make up so that you can break so, up. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That's bullshit. Thank you for telling me this. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy Under House. We're here trying to get to make sense of it. The police no, have used. No sense. You can't make sense of it. They, <laughs> they fucking pulled over this guy. He, whatever, he knew what he was doing. He mm-hmm. was beeping. He's fine right now. Exactly. This man came through. I'm pretty sure he was telling his son that he was going to come pick him up. Mm-hmm. And he got pulled over for not beeping. So this is one of the police's tactics to try to disrupt and dismantle right. uh, a organized, peaceful protest. When, when my eyes, I haven't seen any violence. I haven't people, seen people have been uh, protesting, which is their constitutional right. But apparently, again, we weaponize the police to do the city's dirty work. 
This is Theo Henderson for Weedy and Howes. More to follow. This interview with Officer Garcia happened because I witnessed two disturbing things. One, the police were police uh, ticketing people that were honking their horns near Merrick Garcetti's house. And two, it was uh, two of the protesters were in handcuffs and they were being cited for, I guess, standing on the grass or some, some uh, superfluous thing that was definitely honed in on for the protesters. Because I witnessed people that were living in their neighborhood stepping on the grass, standing, watching, and the police was not targeted. And this is what the encounter uh, revealed. Do you think it's, do you think that's escalating the, uh, the, the issue by giving people tickets? Sorry, uh, sorry, officer, do you think it's uh, escalating the situation, giving people t- beeping tickets? There's, uh, I think there's a balance that we need to do between the residents and the protesters, so we're trying to find that medium. So giving them uh, tickets is uh, getting the balance? That's They're still going to hear the beeping. <laughs> uh, yeah, but and also I saw an uh, officer pick out a person that wasn't even beeping. I mean, you know, I understand, you know, you kind of, but that's like antagonizing the situation, don't you think? I didn't see that event, so I can't comment on that. So I'm not aware of that happening. So, so are are you are you for uh, this is a peaceful protest? I know you've seen it. That there's no violence here. So uh, we are here to protect everybody's First Amendment. Oh. They, have, they have that right. Yeah. But I noticed that a couple of people were in handcuffs because they were uh, protesting, and, and they were supposed to against standing. Standing. It wasn't the fact that they were protesting; it was the amplified uh, sound. Amplified sound. So I don't, I'm were, not familiar. Were, they were not arrested. They were decided for that. But they were handcuffs. That's that's why it's a lot of confusion. We, we always okay, see yeah. in the movies oh, yeah, that they're yeah, handcuffs. The movies make it so different. Yeah. 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 They were actually just detained. They were never arrested. Oh, okay. So they're free. They're not in jail. Yeah, they're walking around here. Oh, okay. Because I haven't seen them. Oh, okay. Thank you. What's your name, officer? I'm officer Garcia, sir. Officer Garcia. Theo Henderson from Gideon House. I do. I'm a, a journalist. All right now. news. The unhoused community is meeting NIMBY resistance in regards to placing them in hotels in Los Angeles, California. Researchers and advocates questioning LA's reliance on shelters. A new report by Randall Cohn states that a houseless person is twice as likely to be hospitalized with COVID-19 and are two or three times more likely to die than the general population. In other news, police arrest unhoused outreach worker in East Oakland. The police department said the unhoused person matched a description wanted in a prior shooting. In Westlake MacArthur Park, an unhoused person dies during the COVID-19 pandemic with shelter in place. COVID-19 cases have surged in shelters in Washington County. Two unhoused people have died. One of the unhoused person was in an isolation site. In other news, judge rules that Laguna Hills Hotel can be used to house the unhoused. NIMBYs have used Sue to stop the hotel from helping the vulnerable. In Dallas, Texas, the houseless shelter is evacuated after 38 contracted COVID-19. 164 more were taken by bus to a hotel 
Dallas Life is a privately run shelter, and they stated that after a deep cleaning, they will bring the unhoused back to the shelter. Here are some of the cities exhibiting a NIMBY stance against the housing, the unhoused, and shelters. Laguna Wood, Laguna Hills, Lawndale, and Bell Gardens, and in some parts of Los Angeles as well. In other news, the city of Whittier has reached a tentative agreement in the lawsuit filed against them. A shelter will be built with 139 beds in return to criminalize the unhoused community again. Mayor Joe Venatieri said it will be a tremendous asset that will allow us to enforce our curfew laws and our camping ordinances. LA City Council President Nuri Martinez is blocking a union of no or low-income tenants. If you would like to protest your concern and, and your dismay, you can reach out and let her know she can't take public comment, then she has no business in politics. Please call 213-473-7006. Bear in mind, the U.S. Court of Appeals has ruled that politicians cannot block social media foes. And this was Unhouse News. Good afternoon. This is Theo Henderson from Weedian House, and I'm here in the studios uh, with a very heartbreaking story, but it needs to be heard, and I want to get the story down to get as much help for her as possibly we can. So, without further ado, uh, it's okay if you don't use your full name or a name or a makeup name, that's fine with me, but tell us your story. Um, hi, my name is Chelsea. And, uh, well, right now my story is I was living with my now ex-boyfriend, and he was very, uh, he was very abusive and, uh, very controlling, and he pretty much wanted me to do something that was very, very, very bad, and I did not agree with it. I'm not that type of person, so he pretty much took everything from me and kicked me out and left me on the street. So, I was just, um... Take your time. I was walking down the street to use the restroom because I, I don't want to pee on the street. And there were two men that kind of grabbed me um I did the best that I could to fight I didn't just let them take me but they uh pulled a gun out because I was fighting so aggressively and they held a gun to my head and told me to stop fighting and I still fought because it's like you're you're not just gonna take me like if I die fighting then so be it and so they held the gun and they um, assaulted me and they took my phone and they left me in the street so I'm sorry you went through that yeah did you uh, was it was you able to get in touch with the police I did um, get in touch with the police 
I had to go to the nearest gas station and I asked them directions to get to the police station. Um, they just told me how to get there because I didn't have the phone. I didn't have my purse. I didn't have anything. They took everything from me. So I literally had to walk to the police station to file a report. And they said that, you know, I didn't know the description of the men. They were masked. They said there's not much that they can do. But, I mean, I, I filed a report. This is a reality for many women that have faced uh, sexual assault. There's uh, <laughs> not, and with COVID-19, it kind of angers me because I see them all milled around at sh uh, these Alpine and other shelters, but they're not nowhere to be found when unhoused people need them. Uh, tell us how we met. <laughs> um, we met at, what? what is this place called? It's called a pod share. A pod share. We met at a pod share. Um, I had stayed there last night. I was walking and I didn't have anywhere to go. And I called a pod share and they told me, you know, I could stay there. I ended up staying there. I spoke to the host that's there and she was letting me know that Theo was a great person and that I should talk to him and that he could help me. So that's how we ended up meeting. And yeah. Thank you uh, for those kind words that got me blushing, but I don't know how nice I am. But I, I wanted to share this story because I want people to know this is her story. It's just like many other stories that I've covered um, that we all need help. And right now um, I'm part of a program, uh, actually a campaign for hotels, not hospitals. And we're trying to get the unhoused to have their own place instead of they don't have to go through this kind of uh, this kind of fear of where they're going to be the next. And will she be attacked? by some other idiot. Uh, this is very important for us to understand the ramifications. COVID-19 is just one layer of it. How are you coping with COVID-19? Um, it's so crazy because I, I don't have a place to stay. So really, that's all that I'm focused on. That and making sure that I don't get sick. You asked me for a mask. <laughs> and yeah, I asked him for a mask because, you know... I don't, I don't want to get sick. I just want to make sure I'm okay. Um, but this, this COVID-19, it's very serious. It's very serious. A lot of people are dying. And I just feel like it's bringing out the best and the worst in people. Um, I think law enforcement, all that stuff, they don't really care. I feel like they should be putting more effort into actually helping people and not terrorizing people. Like, I just, I really don't understand that whole concept. What is the best way for us to help you? Best way for you to help me? I mean, I help me help myself. Because nobody can, can handle, like, you. You have to do it yourself. Well, yes, but if you don't have the financial resources to do that, you're going to need help. We, I, I have help. We all need help. So how are you going to get help? Well, through you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are going to help me. Yes, exactly. So, uh, like, I helped with you with... With, like, uh, oh, I'm so sorry, the government benefits. Yes. 
So this is what we are. We're in this together. It's just not we just alone in an island. Um, this is how we help each other. Because I, when she asked, and she, I went and helped her. And I hope maybe there's going to be a time that you're going to meet someone similar to your situation because they're out here. And they're going to be probably coming up to you. And I hope, I really hope that you would st- extend the hand to help them. Of course I would. <laughs> of course. It's like, why would you not? It's like being ungrateful. So, of course, I would help anyone if I had the resources to. Thank you for saying that. This is Theo Henderson for Weedy and House. Um, thank you for listening all, and I hope we truly meet in the light of understanding. is a beautiful hot sunny Sunday and it has a nice homey feel and it feels like the scenic view of domestic tranquility. So I'm here, this is Theo Henderson from Weedy Unhoused, and I'm doing a follow-up interview with one of my uh, guests was here, Ruby Cordillo. Um, as if you remember, in a few episodes back, we were talking about reclaiming homes. Now, why this is important today is because in COVID-19 era, we are looking at keeping people sheltered in place. The second thing that's going on is that the city has made tepid responses in helping people that have I've lost their jobs and in keeping their homes. There are evictions that are already being undergone. Uh, people are afraid because they can't pay for the rent for May. They haven't. They missed uh, April and now they can't make May. And then the eviction process is ongoing full bloom. The city has refused to give rent, rent forgiveness, uh, moratorium, mortgages, and things like that. And I wanted to talk to Ruby Cordillo about her experiences and what's it like uh, for her today. Without further ado, welcome, Ruby. Thank you so much, Theo, for having me. Uh, tell me, how is it uh, when, remember we were going through it, for the people that didn't understand, why did you reclaim this house? So um, the state of California purchased these homes in the 60s um, to expand the 710 freeway. Uh, those plants have uh, died, um, the over overground and underground plants, and uh, the, the state continues to hoard these properties. They, they refuse to rent out to... Uh, newer tenants um, and there's a thing called the Roberti Law <clears throat> that stays, states that tenants um, would maintain uh, the opportunity to rent at an affordable rate and that they'd be um, able to purchase these properties at the original purchase price. Um, those have been empty promises. The state's not followed through and we're here to hold them accountable for what they said that they do and um, to make sure that every property that is sitting on public land be used for public good. We are very lacking not only in housing, you know, but overall resources. So anything, I mean, vacant, vacant libraries, bring them back. Vacant anything, bring them back. You know, we need everything that we possibly can get. Um, Our community, the people of color, are often ignored and um, undermined. You know, it's just, it's, it's unjust, and we're fed up with that. 
So we're here to uh, make that statement, yeah. So here's one, you made a very good point too. Like people of color are impacted severely yeah. with the housing crisis. It's con uh, add on to it with COVID-19. Yeah. And also now, if you know, we are, uh, many of the frontline workers are people of color, uh, black and brown of uh, our brothers and sisters. Yeah. So they are going to be feeling the crunch more so than an established, uh, let's say, for example, gentrifier that is uh, living and can be able to uh, survive this kind of crisis. The second thing I want to also like to uh, point out to you is that as noticed when COVID-19 hit, um, the city, the mayor's response was supposed to be very humane and very uh, uh, compassionate along with the governor's. And since COVID-19, he has made tepid uh, responses. Um, he has basically listened to business improvement district people, police officers, um, people that had no stake into the situation, but um, but to just run out on the house people. Do you still have a lot of the police running around uh, looking after you guys' building? Yeah, so no, they've been pretty much uh, gone for the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, there was an attempt to break into one of um, the, one of the reclaimed neighbors mm -hmm. house mm -hmm. um, there was an attempt to reclaim that so uh, it they've been surveilling that block um, more than than they were um, and that's to be expected you know on on their pattern of behavior mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know they they've Caltrans did reach out they sent a oh, letter wow. okay. It was a hand-delivered letter with uh, Intercon, their security, their security contacted for, security, okay. yeah, and uh, CHP came with them oh, to okay. to escort them. Okay. Um. So they they hand-delivered those letters stating that they are aware of our presence here and uh, we are um, we're not lawful tenants, so please don't get comfortable and uh, reach out to the city if we need to find affordable housing and they'll help us. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that letters come too late, you yeah, know? Yeah. They, they didn't do the things that they were supposed to do in the right timing, so we're here. And most importantly, if they were so concerned about helping you do the right thing, right. they uh, one of the things that I wanted to point out is, too, is this has come too much late. If they really wanted to help, they would have said, you please stay here temporarily and we will get you a very uh, a, a place where you can yeah. be. We will work with you. But they're not trying they're to not do that. They're that. just using this as a political ploy. So when um, when we put this this pressure to them, yeah. they can say that they tried yeah. politically yeah. Com exactly. with some political compassion. I know the game very well as you do. Exactly <laughs> what they're, they're so, uh, how how are you liking the house? How are you guys adjusting? Well, we like it very much. Um, it's where we, our family are homebodies, um, so we're used to being indoors most of the time. Um, it's been beautiful to have um, more space mm -hmm. to be able to move around. My my kids have been running around. They, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my girls take uh, part in the gardening. Um, the other one takes uh, enjoys the photography, so she'll walk around the neighborhood and, and take pictures of the plants in ah, people's yards. That's and, cool. Yeah, so um, we're enjoying the the house and the community very much. That's excellent. It's nothing like just being able to lay your head down, go to the restroom without worried about some police officer or yes. some ridiculous uh, NIMBY or someone that doesn't want to unhouse people. I, w I wanted, if it's okay, to uh, ask you a couple of questions. Yeah. Hi. Well, let's start with, what's your name? Come on. Yeah. Don't be shy. So how do you like the house? You hate it? 
Why do you hate the house? As you can see, this is a moment, uh, mom and son moment, so. <laughs> um, so he hates the house because it's haunted. Oh, really? Yeah. What kind of, go oh, what kind of ghosts here? I love a good ghost story. <laughs> Did you see, uh, 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 like, poltergeist or anything like that? Yeah. How many eyes do you have? Two. Two eyes. What did he? What did he look? No, like? I saw two persons. Two persons? Yeah. Oh, really? What were they doing? They told you to get out of the house. No. What, what they asked you to have dinner with him? <laughs> so as you can see, as a kid, they he says he's uh he's in, not enjoying the house because yeah. of the ghost. As uh, long as they don't take your dinner, you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, one of the things I wanted to close up to you is like, for example, I know you've probably been seeing on the news, there's a lot of people uh, fighting against this uh, forced rent and this eviction. There's over 300,000 people that are uh, filing for unemployment. Yeah. Their jobs are gone. Yeah. And we've been in this road. We understand being in a house and house insecure and things like that. But a lot of them don't know what they what's ahead of them they really believe that um, some of them cling to the same thing if they just get the job they can get it back or or they're not like the other in-house people yeah, no. and I one of the things I was talking to one of the classes uh, last week in Dr. Moreno's class is life happens and I, one thing I want you to understand that if you think that you are not uh, not unhoused because of something that you did differently than the unhoused side out here yeah. you're sorely mistaken uh, so what things do you uh, suggest for people that maybe are about to become unhoused? What what suggestions would you do? Because there's going to be a lot of fear. Ouch. Um, I would suggest that, that they're very wary mm -hmm. um, and, and be very cautious. Um, use your resources wisely. Um, it, whether it's whether it's savings that you may have or anything that you already have, any goods that you already actually have in mm -hmm. your house, mm -hmm. use them wisely because um, you don't know when you're going to need more than what you already have. Um, and, you know, it's living underhoused or homeless is... It's not something that you acquire. It's, it's not a, a skill that you acquire overnight. Yes. It takes a long time to adjust. I, I grew up in a house with multiple rooms mm -hmm. in a neighborhood where I can walk down the street. Yes. And um, my kids, unfortunately, have not seen that. Um, so, it, you know, you, you have to have stranger danger. And with the COVID-19 right now, you have to make sure that you're, you're having a safe distance with folks. It, it's just um, man interjects here too because yeah. here is like over 36 police officers and 11 yeah. staff members have COVID-19 and here's a different reality is because if you're out here or you're going to be out here you are not going to have the same protections of when you're being as a house owner because yeah. those same homeowners that see you out there on the street they're going to call the police how do you, what would you suggest how and to deal with that well dealing with the police and and already being homeless is already an issue. Yes. They're not going to believe that you've recently become homeless. Exactly. They're going to believe that you have some kind of criminal background, yep. uh, drug use, uh, violence. Um, 
And it, we know that it's not the case. We but know that it's not the case. It's so funny you say that because I had a very good conversation with one of my friends, and he took exception of me saying that he felt that uh, people are picking on the on house. And I said, this is one of the realities that you don't understand, is that it doesn't matter if there is one bad apple, but you want to put the bear the weight of all unhoused people, all 60,000 and counting, to bear the unjustness of what people have against unhoused people. Yeah. And conversely, if we did the same thing to house people, people would be whining how unfair that is. Mm -hmm. So you can't do the, you can't have one or the other. You have to be balanced. You cannot use legislation and ordinances and laws and police to weaponize against poor people. Love that you're mentioning poor people. Yes. Because being under house yeah. is being poor people. Thank you. And you're being constantly criminalized mm -hmm. for having your children in a small confined space. Oh, your child is misbehaving because there's no place to run. Your well, this is what I can afford, and this is why I've been living this way. Exactly. It's not a personal choice. Mm -hmm. But people believe that. People say that, uh, like I had another individual talk about, it's personal choice. People could do something if they want to do it. They can get out. You can become a millionaire and all of that. And it's like, if that's the case, then why are you that's living in a house that's housing insecure, not a millionaire? Exactly. It's not. There's In capitalism, there are winners and losers. And we have to understand that not everyone is going to be successful under this capitalistic regime. And we need safeguards, yes. housing insecure, frontline workers. I, I'm sick and tired of seeing these ridiculous media campaigns about honoring uh, first frontline responders. If we really cared, we would have gave them livable wages, we would have gave them the acceptable uh, medical things that they needed, instead of a five or ten minute video talking about how we just love these people. That's just, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. You know, Put the money where our mouth is. And it's, and it's you know, they're, they're being um, picky with the frontline workers that they're choosing exactly. to have on, on that image. Exactly. Who do you choose as frontline workers? Uh, grocery workers, gas station workers. Mm. My husband works at a gas station exactly. and he's risking himself every freaking day to make sure that everybody has gas mm -hmm. to go to work. Exactly. And he's risking our family in the process exactly. because he comes to visit us yeah. and he comes to spend time with his children. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many people he he's has been in contact before. with who may have been a carrier, an asymptomatic carrier. But here's the, here's the rub to that. Those people that's getting gas and makes maybe over 100000 or, or these very wealthy uh, positions, this guy, like many of the gas station workers, are not getting livable wage for help their families. Mm -hmm. So miss me with that nonsensical frontline workers with the smiling pictures and all that. You really want to invest into the uh, the community, then start looking into how we pay an equity, income equity. Yes. Uh, especially restaurant workers. I went to, because I, I go and I watch how the restaurant workers, they risk their life all the time going to places to feed you. And they're not getting these tips or these uh, uh, no. High inflated prices. No, that they're not even yeah. getting health insurance for yeah. goodness sake. Exactly. You know, talk about health insurance. All of these businesses that are currently on on the lines right now: mm -hmm. grocery workers, gas station workers, food workers. Mm -hmm. None of or at least most of them do not have health care options, mm -hmm. okay? So if they do get sick, what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. They're going to end up in a line at a hospital in order to get in, and they'll probably get sick and die from just being there because they don't have the availability that we have with uh, telehealth mm -hmm. and, and, and do a video call with our pediatrician and be like, hey, you know what, this is going on. Mm -hmm. We don't have that. 
And and you know what? Right now, I'm I'm very blessed to be able to have internet mm-hmm. because I have I have a government phone mm-hmm. and I don't have internet on it. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be able to have these teleconferences with the pediatrician exactly. or with anybody exactly. for that matter. Exactly. So you know, it just it comes down to like the most basic needs. Right, and internet right now is a basic need, and not everyone has it. Especially in the unhoused. Like for example, there was a very uh, slow time in, under- in educating the unhoused oh, with the COVID nineteen, with the uh, masks, sanitizers, and I was point out like right now I'm running low on my medication, and I'm diabetic. And I'm work, and I am supposed to be gone and get, get a full workout and check out other things. The yeah, complications yeah. of being stabbed, I can't do that because of COVID nineteen. And I'm I'm afraid to go because I go in there just for a innocuous thing, and I and I end up coming out dead. Exactly. <laughs> My mom is diabetic, mm-hmm. and so I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, a simple cut on yep. your hand yep. while you're while you're cutting up your veggies exactly. to cook a meal yep. that can literally kill you. Yeah. So right now with COVID, like, do not have any cuts exposed <laughs> exactly. to anything because you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. And and it's it's scary living in that fear of I'm I should not be near somebody because I may be exposing myself more than more than I should. Mm-hmm. And um, you know I have I have fibromyalgia and yeah. it's not an autoimmune disorder, mm-hmm. but it does uh, it, it does reflect in, in my physical health, my emotional health, mm-hmm. all the stress that is coming yeah. with with not with. And I have a roof over my head, but others don't, and that worries me, and mm-hmm. that that hurts me in my gut mm-hmm. just to think all the the hardship that people are going through mm-hmm. uh you know with the rain days and now with the heat yeah, days yeah. you know my my physical thermostat is is out of service it doesn't work how For, many people are out there that have the same thing that i do so here's the thing too because we only there are only a very few cooling stations they didn't have any enough cooling stations prior to pre-covid 19 for me it's like uh, one of the things i have extreme thirst because of the, uh, the covid 19 Exactly. So here's the thing. So imagine I'm out here in 100 degree weather and then I'm having to survive because there is no places for water. This is another issue. This is why we keep talking about hotels and not hospitals. If you continue to uh, look at the bottom line, there's going to be a lot of body bags. You know, know, either beds or body bags. What are you going to choose? Uh, Is there anything else would you like to add? Um... You know, just just if, if you're out there and you are going through a housing situation, reach out to your local community group mm-hmm. um, that is fighting for housing rights. We have, I'm a member of ACE, the Alliance of Californians for Community Empowerment, mm-hmm. but there's other uh, uh, tenant unions mm-hmm. like Los Angeles Tenant Union, yes. um, SAGE, um, you know, DSA, all these mm-hmm. people that are willing to lend you some knowledge mm-hmm. and some resources for mm-hmm. you to get back on your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we know that it's going to be a long, rough process. Yes. Yes. But, yes. you know, doing it on your own is so much harder than you can possibly imagine. Yeah. You need the help of the community. You need the help of your neighbors. You need the help of your peers. Mm-hmm. Reach out to them. Yeah. Don't have any shame because you're not the only one going through through this yes well put this is theo henderson from witty and house i thank you all for listening and i hope we truly meet in the light of understanding this 
This outro is a reflection of the frustration and the growing alarm. The city of Whittier is agreeing to settle with the lawyers against uh, them attacking unhoused people. But they're not doing it out of benevolence. They're doing it out of a return to trying to criminalize unhoused people. And the city of Los Angeles history have doing is that we've continually sued them. Lawyers that represents my rights, as well as many others, should take pause. We got Nuri Martinez, Joe Biscano, and Mike Furia, the three antagonists of this whole affair, willing to sit down and pinpoint more stringent effects against unhoused people. I have a problem with that. They're not going to go and do the right thing. We have seen this track record. So why would we have the same anti-unhoused people sitting at the table in order for them to maybe come to their senses? They will not. As we as an unhoused community, we need to make our voices known and let the no lawyers that are representing us and saying in no uncertain terms, this is not business as usual. We're not returning back to those stringent uh, ordinances. This is a new time and a new day, and we're not going to take it anymore. Our people thinking unhoused people are criminals and they deserve what they got and they deserve police harassment. Let us send a message to them and make sure that they understand. Yes, you represent our rights, but we are by no uncertain terms are going to be going back and settling for the same punitive measures that we had before. This is Theo Henderson, and I thank you all for listening. May we again meet in the light of understanding.